Hello and welcome back to the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. I'm going to be your host today, Gabby Haidu. A little bit of a switch up today. It's just me and Josh Peach again with us. How's it going, Josh? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, just trying to stay busy. Excited for phase four on Friday in Illinois. But yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Just came back from a little trip, had a little secluded trip, and now I'm tan and I'm peeling and I look like a snake. Um, so it's really good, actually. Um, got my nails done today, as you can tell. They kind of mm-hmm. look nice. Nice little blue for yeah, those that can't blue. see. A little bright summer color. Um, but yeah, so it's just me and Josh today. Brendan is has left us. He's up in Wisconsin for the summer. He's a camp counselor at a summer camp, you know, all for the kids. Brendan is all for the kids. I think he just started this week, actually, was his first week of the kids coming in. And then Alec took a new opportunity this summer. Um, he's me working with Orange and Blue News this summer and in the fall. So everybody go congratulate him because that's awesome for him. He'll, he'll be making appearances on. He'll, you'll hear from him um, sometime soon. But yeah, so just me and Josh today. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while since we did a podcast. Obviously, things got a little crazy. Um, I know we both started work. Um, but a lot of football news, a lot of Illinois football news, they have really hit it hard on the 2021 recruiting trail these past couple of weeks, specifically in Florida. I mean, they're just – they're tearing Florida up. Like, they are unstoppable. I, if I were a different college football team, I would not want to go recruit in Florida because Illinois kind of owns the state. Yeah, well, Illinois, I wouldn't say owns the state. That still belongs to Florida and Florida State, considering we only have three stars. But, yeah, Illinois sent it hard there. I mean, what do we have? Four or five now, hard commits there. And these are not, you know, bad players. Either. These are three stars pushing four stars. Uh, we have, like, a receiver, a corner, uh, safety. We are hitting all the positions we need. Now, obviously, we don't have enough of all of them yet. We're going to have to go beyond Florida. But Florida looks like – you know, Southern Illinois right now for hitting commits. And I don't know what Lovey's doing, but the man's got to keep it up because this is good. Well, I mean, it feels like just a couple months ago, we were talking about how Illinois, what had won 2021. And we're all over here. It was was when Isaac Trotter was on the podcast. We're all like, are they going to step it up? Like, let's go. It kind of seems like this whole quarantine thing and the no visit, not that if we did have, campus visits still that Illinois wouldn't be you know getting recruits but it seems like these they've been doing really well with the zoom meetings and connecting that way um but we'll start with we'll go in order so first we had Patrick Bryant wide receiver obviously class of 2021 out of Jacksonville Florida he had a solid amount of power five offers so this is I think probably one of Illinois' strongest gets. He had offers from Arkansas, Florida State, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska, Penn State, Minnesota, Rutgers, Virginia, all these schools, and a lot of Big Ten schools, which seeing Illinois get a solid recruit over like five Big Ten schools that most of them had better records than Illinois or have had better success these past years, I think is a big step in the right direction because obviously – Bryant saw something different in Illinois that, you know, other recruits haven't seen in the past. So I think, you know, we're getting to the point where 
Illinois is becoming another Big Ten contender and a place that recruits want to land. But so let's talk about Patrick Bryant. So wide receiver, six foot three, 187 pounds. I mean, that's pretty solid coming in. Obviously going to put on more weight when he gets in the weight room. But I mean, Josh, what are your thoughts on him? What are, what are you feeling? Pat Bryant's a really good get. I think that this is definitely one of our most important recruits, not necessarily even for stepping in next year, but just to like, you know, get the ball rolling, get the momentum going. He, he lacks a little bit of speed. He doesn't have top speed, but he's physical. He has good hands and he has a good body size. So that's going to be really important. And he might be playing next year. I mean, as soon as he comes in as a freshman, we could see him, you know, making an impact in the game, which is really good. I, if I'm being honest, this is one of my, I was a little bit more surprised we got him, but that said, like I said, that just keeps the ball rolling because that means more commits in Florida, more people seeing something in Illinois. And to me, wide receiver is our second need for the 2021 class, probably after O-line, obviously. But even ahead of safeties, I think we need um, receivers. So Bryant is a huge get. Like I said, he lacks a little bit of speed, but I trust our trainers. I think that he's going to put on a lot of positive weight, you know, probably in the first couple years that he gets here. Should be a four-year guy. Good hands. I'm excited for him. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Josh Matterbebe leaves. Ricky Smalls yeah. leaves. Trayvon Sidney. Those are your three top guys this season. So this guy has a chance to kind of come in and play right away. Obviously, we don't know how that'll pan out. You know, you got you got a couple guys like, you know, a Casey Washington and Edwin Carter who, you know, still a little unproven. You don't know where they're going to be at. But the thing about Pat Bryan, he could come in and maybe not start most likely, obviously, but make a good impact, kind of like what Casey Washington did this year as a freshman. You know, he put his name out there. I mean, he wasn't obviously a – top receiver in the conference or anything but he had a solid freshman year that he can now build on so I think that's what you're kind of going to see in this kid but yeah I mean the body size is so important if you can come in and your body is ready to play in the Big Ten obviously it's an adjustment for anybody but if you can come in and you don't have to put on 20 30 pounds of weight or you don't have to lose that much I think that's just a huge advantage um but so after him we got Illinois picked up linebacker Dylan Rosiak. Rosiak. Yeah, from East Lake, right? Yep. So we got or Tarpon Springs. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think he went to East Lake High School. Yeah, and from the same high school that Jake Hansen graduated from, and actually they uh, are kind of like mutual friend or mutual like family friends. Um, I think. Dylan, it was Dylan is friends with Jake Hansen's brother, something like that. They have played together, trained together, whatever. Kind of a similar style to Jake Hansen, too, um, just with takeaways, things like that. Rosiak had six forced fumbles as a junior. That's like lovey ball right there. I mean, he's going to fit right in. And obviously with Jake Hansen, you know, not going to be there in 2021, that's you know, someone who could come up and maybe, maybe not play right away, obviously needs to put a little more weight on, but someone who can fill that takeaway position that Jake Hansen is going to leave behind. Yeah, and I don't, I think that Rosiak, sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but I think him and Hansen were recruited pretty similarly, you know, around the same rating. They're good friends. I think that this is going to be his replacement, right? Like, probably, I'm not sure that he's going to make an impact right away, but definitely by sophomore, junior, I can see him in there. And the turnovers. I mean, like, like you hit on Gabby, that's lovey ball. And you see something like that, especially with the way that our team plays defense, they weren't going to miss on him. 
Like, of course, they were going to pursue him hard. They were going to get the Zooms in. Going back to something you said again, I think that the uh, in-person visits kind of, like, not having those hurts us uh, because, like, of our new big facilities. But to get these guys from Florida, like Rosiak, like Bryant, is, like I said, it's great for, you know, to keep the ball rolling and get these guys from the South. But for Rosiak, I think that he's going to play a Jake Hansen role. Hopefully he can step up as much as he did. And if he does, great, because then we have another great linebacker for the future. Well, yeah, I mean, linebacker is a position that Illinois has a lot of guys, but a lot of them are unproven right now. You know, you have a Shimon Cooper, a Tariq Barnes. So you're going to have veteran guys when he gets there. So you're probably going to see him maybe redshirt the season yeah. or, you know, not really play too much, but have a chance to build. And then sophomore and most likely junior year really kind of break out and fill that takeover role and fill that, you know, fumble recovery role that Jake Hansen um, obviously has made such an impact in. So then we go – go ahead. I was going to say, we have all these older guys, so there's, that's just role models for him, right? So he has – redshirting a year would be good for him. You know, it's always good to have an extra year in the program, get a feel for the guys, and then most importantly, just, like, work with Lovey and all of them. And, again, I trust Lovey. I think he's going to be a good coach. He's going to develop that defense because we haven't seen it 100% yet, but, you know, we're supposed to be a defensive team. But he's going to have these mentors for him and redshirt in a year. That's why I think when he's, you know, redshirt sophomore or junior, he can make a real impact. So then we have three-star Florida athlete, Theodore Lockley. So he comes in as a wide receiver and defensive back. He kind of has played both roles, both roles a little actually way more proven at the wide receiver role but Illinois hasn't really established what position they're like taking him as which is understandable I mean they have time to figure it out most likely probably going to be wide receiver just because they are going to lack the depth when he comes in um but he's also a guy who can run the ball I mean as a junior he had 28 receptions for 559 yards seven touchdowns then he rushed for 24 rushes, 193 yards, and two touchdowns. I mean, not a huge rushing game, but that makes an impact if you have one of those kind of like dual threat guys. Similar, Steelers reference, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, more running back than wide receiver. But you have a guy like that, you can, you know, change things up with, do a little trick play with, things like that. I mean, that's important. And just another, again, solid three-star that Illinois is picking up, again, from Florida – um had 30 division one offers um a couple power five offers from kansas and rutgers so again it's not like illinois just picking up these random guys you know these are guys who are getting power five offers are getting a ton of division one offers um but yeah i mean this guy six foot 175 pounds probably gonna have to put on a little more weight so might not see a ton of i guess a ton of improvement or a ton of production in his freshman year but, I mean, you're, he's going to play. He's going to play because Illinois needs him at the position, most likely wide receiver. Yeah, he, he's going to play. And he, I, I'm pretty sure he's fast. You're, you're right. He's going to have to put on some weight. But, like I said, I trust our trainers. I think that they're going to do that. Um, a little bit of theme here is we go to Florida. We see, oh, not a ton of Power 5 offers. Come to us. And then, like I said, I don't know what they're doing on those Zooms. I don't know how they're recruiting. But it seems to be working now. Kansas and Rutgers, I mean, let's be honest. Like, that's the bottom of the Power 5. Like, it doesn't get much worse than that. But that said, you know, they still guarantee playing time. So him coming to us is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, 
like I said, the size isn't there yet, but he's going to play. Hopefully, if he starts as a freshman by his sophomore, junior, he can really make an impact. We don't know who's going to be throwing to him, but, you know, he, he's going to work with people. Uh, he's definitely, yeah, like you said, going to play. So just another good get, and then we can get him on a couple sides of the ball, too. So we, we don't know what's going to happen with him yet, but I trust Lovey to figure it out, and just, just a solid commit. I think you bring up a good point. We don't know who he'll – we don't know who will be who will be throwing to him. I, I feel like I've barely thought about that because obviously Illinois just got Brandon Peters. It was his first season, but grad transfer, obviously, so he only has one season left. That's that's a little scary, but that's conversation for another day because mm-hmm. I mean, who really knows at this point? I mean, you know, you have Isaiah Williams, but my, my guess right now is another grad transfer. I think we'll get another Peters in there. I think that because another thing is that Lovey's going to keep the door open. You know, we're never going to fill our, all of our recruiting spots because we're grad transfer you. So I think we're just going to get another Peters type guy in there. If he's as good as Peters, oh, then we can be really, really good in the future. But hopefully we get someone like him to be thrown at these guys. Well, I think it also helps having – obviously you're not going to get that every year and you can't rely on a grad yeah. transfer quarterback, a solid one every year. But – a guy like Brandon Peters, who had some experience, you know, knew what he wanted, knew what system he wanted to be in, and came in and, you know, produced at a pretty solid level. Obviously, you're expecting a lot more out of him this season. But if you could get another guy like that, that was such a help, I feel like, with some of the young receivers, like a Donnie Navarro, Casey Washington, who really had to step up in, you know, absence of injuries this year. Having a veteran guy who has the experience is so helpful to the whole offense. I mean, just the team as a whole, because you have, I mean, Brandon Peters was very unemotional, just very calm, collected guy. And I think that comes with experience. So I think it will be interesting to see kind of what happens with that quarterback position, but hopefully we're all locked in for this year. Um, But yeah, interesting to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Illinois picked up their latest commit was a Florida defensive back, Joriel Washington, six foot two, one hundred eighty pound rising senior, had some Power Five offers: Oregon, Iowa, Iowa State, Boston College. Um, I mean, this is your tenth commit, class of twenty twenty one, sixth from Florida. I mean, I think coming from where we were, where Illinois was two months ago to now, ten commits in the twenty twenty one class. I think that's huge you know, defensive back, a position that is, I mean, you're graduating Tony Adams and Nate Hobbs. So you are kind of, you're going to have a lot of underclassmen when these, um, when Washington gets here. So again, just another chance for a guy to come in and produce. I mean, you have Marquise Beeson, but we don't really know what's going on with, you know, you assume he's healthy and you assume he's going to be ready to go and he's going to have a great couple seasons at Illinois. But this is another guy who could play freshman year. The other thing about these Florida defensive backs is that they produce. I mean, they are definitely proven. Like, I know, like, you go to Texas and everyone's highly ranked, and you kind of see that in Florida too. But these guys have proven themselves. They're, you know, they're, and he's going to come in right away. And I bet that we see, uh, like, really solid play out of him from the beginning. I'm really excited for Washington. He's good size. He chose us, like you said, over those big power five offers. I think that he's guaranteed a little bit more playing time here, but it's really, really important. And 
he's going to be looking up to guys like Beeson, who obviously, like you said, we're not 100% sure on him right now, but I think that we can expect him to play, you know, assuming there's a fall season. So he's going to watch him this year. He's another Florida guy, right, Beeson? Yep. So he's going to look up to him. Like I, like I said, I like these Florida DBs. I was really excited when we got Washington and just a really, really good get, a really solid 10th guy for the class. I think actually I'm wrong on Marquise Beeson. I don't think he's from Florida. I think he's a Texas he guy. Florida. Hold on. Let's see. He's a Texas guy. He is a Texas guy. For some reason, I thought he was Florida. Okay, it was well. Texas or Florida. I know it's somewhere in the South. Um, okay, that's okay. But yeah, I mean, I I don't know when this when the next one's gonna come. I mean, I think last time on the podcast we talked just about when we think, and I feel like they're just getting guys every week now, which is obviously amazing. I feel like, and this is just you know playing a little devil's advocate we do need some branching out of florida a little um and obviously i'm sure they're doing that i'm sure they're working i mean if whatever's working in florida keep it going because they need the commits they need the recruits obviously people decommit all the time so just the more you can get um and obviously illinois still near the bottom of the big 10 football rankings for 2021 with commits. I mean, Ohio State obviously at the top with 19, then you have Michigan 18, then you kind of go down by one. Um, Illinois sits at 12th with 10, right above them, Michigan State 11. Um, I think Nebraska actually also has 10 too. So, but now you see Illinois kind of starting to get at least in the area of the middle of the pack. It's going to be a while before Illinois is at the top of that pack, obviously. But just to be in the middle with some of those teams that you should be competing with during the season, I mean, that's so important. Like I, like we brought up with Patrick Bryant, having a guy like that pick you over Minnesota, Iowa, schools that are currently above you, you know, not just in recruiting rankings, but obviously just records in general and, you know, start, or level of play, that's so important right now. If, if, if Illinois can keep turning out those commits, I think that's where you're going to see a lot of maybe even higher three-star, four-star guys like, okay, you know, a lot of guys are coming here. Let's check them out a little more than maybe a Minnesota and Iowa and see what they have to offer. But and like you said, devil's advocate for getting out of Florida, but not really because I completely agree. Like, even earlier today, Jackson Carcello, the offensive lineman out of Glenbrook North, committed to Northwestern, who I know I know for a fact Illinois was contacting. Like, I it's happened for the last five or six years. As a football fan, you know, before I came to Illinois, it really frustrated me why these in-state guys keep going to Wisconsin, Purdue, Northwestern, even Iowa over us. Like, how come we can go to Florida and get these three-star guys over, you know, other big Power Five offers? But then Northwestern, who was, what, 3-9 and nine last year, 4-8 and eight at best, like they're getting offensive linemen from Glenbrook North to go up north instead of down south. Like I don't get it. It bothers me. But if we can start somehow hitting in-state guys, that's when Illinois football might actually get really good. I know. I feel like we've been complaining about the in-state guys, and I feel like we always – Every week you, you see like the the Ric Flair guy from Rod Smith mm-hmm. and you're like, maybe an Illinois guy, maybe. And then it's another Florida. And obviously that's great. And whatever we can get right now, high level guys, they're going to pick up and that's great. But you have to think at some point, like, don't you get a little frustrated, a little upset that, you know, 
you're losing out on all these in-state guys who would probably love to go to Illinois. You probably yep. love, possibly grew up rooting for that school. And it just seems like there's not a, that level of like effort or work being put in. Maybe there is, and there's another reason we don't really know, but it, I think it also stems back to just the relationships that, you know, Lovey and the rest of his staff has is making and is trying to make with high schools and high school coaches. And it just has never seemed like that connection has been there with a lot of, you know, the Northern high schools. Um, but I mean, Maybe we'll get a new wave. Maybe we'll get a wave of Illinois guys next. Um, maybe Texas. Who knows what we'll get. Um, but I think it's just obviously so important that Illinois has been so prevalent and so, you know, just hitting really hard on these guys lately. I mean, to make the connection to basketball, right, in 89 for our flying Illini teams, every single person in the starting five was from the state of Illinois. Yep. And then we go to 05 when we're in the national championship. Zero guys are from the state of Illinois, right? And then we fall off, and now Io, Adam Miller are starting the movement of Illinois guys. And Illinois basketball, like we're going to hit on this later, but they are rising. They are good. We see them in good shape for a while. In 01, the last time Illinois won a major bowl game, no one was from Illinois. And now they're falling off again. So if we can start getting back kind of like basketball to hitting these in-state guys, because Chicago Public League is really, really good at football, and we keep missing on these guys to, like I said, Michigan State, Iowa, Northwestern, Purdue. So if these guys can start, you know, coming – to make the connection to basketball, that's when we can start rising again. That's really important. Yeah. All right. So let's go to some more just little Illinois news here and there. So today it was announced that Illinois Athletics got about $400,000 in donor money from donors to help fund scholarships for uh, spring athletes that are going to come back for their 2020-2021 season that their seasons were lost due to coronavirus. I mean, that's huge. And I think that, I mean, obviously that's amazing for those athletes because I feel like if, you know, you're debating on whether to come back for an extra year, maybe start your career or go to grad school and it comes down to money. I mean, a lot of those, some of the, you know, a team like track and field, golf, tennis, like those aren't, you're not handing out scholarships left and right, like you are football or basketball. So I think that's huge. And I think that means that's going to mean so much to those athletes who, you know, did think their careers were over. Now they get this chance to come back and now they're going to get their scholarships back or even get a new scholarship. I mean, I feel like that's just like, amidst everything crazy going on right now, that's just like something that makes me happy. And I feel like that's just like a heartwarming thing. And I mean, it's, Time and time again, you, you've seen it with a ton of facilities recently. The donors for Illinois athletics are, they are loyal. They are very loyal and they stay loyal. So I don't know, I think that this is just huge and it's huge for all those spring teams, you know, who are just worried about scholarships and athletes coming back. Yeah, I mean, applaud to the donors. I mean, they have been amazing recently. Like you said, all these new facilities and all these scholarships is great, but a lot of people had to make these decisions, you know, without knowing they were going to get any money. And obviously you and I both know, but Illinois is not a cheap school. Like we pay for even the in-state people, you know, pay good amount of tuition there. Mm -hmm. So to get these scholarships back, especially like you said, for, you know, the non-revenue sports like golf, tennis, all of that. And I know that for a fact that those sports, have people coming back to give them just a little bit of money you know play here like it's a really nice gesture because they're doing it for the school they made this choice without knowing anything about money 
so it's like I said, it's encouraging. Applause to the to the donors. It's just I love it. Really good to see. Yeah, and I, the kind of release that went out about this is Illinois anticipates about fifteen student athletes coming back from yeah. baseball, softball, tennis, golf, and track and field. So I'm I'm trying to like I know men's golf has are all or three or two or three of them are coming back Michael Fiegels and Tati Odo. I think that's all Tristan Nolan is coming back for women's golf um tennis Zeke Clark is coming back and I think maybe another guy so the big one we're still waiting on is Garrett Acton for baseball I don't think he's announced yet we just had Ty Weber um sign undrafted free agent with the san francisco giants that's awesome for him um i know he kind of said in a couple to a couple media members in the past week or two just that he really didn't expect to actually get anything from or go to the mlb right away or go to the pros right away but this offer kind of came along it was something he couldn't pass up so i think that's awesome for him i think the really interesting one is garrett acton um obviously amazing reliever for Illinois um you know has broken records over the past two years so it'll be interesting to see when he makes his decision obviously I'm sure he wants to know everything solidified with the MLB you know that's all been so up in the air finally we're getting baseball back again fingers crossed I, I won't believe it till I see it until I see the first game um but I think it's just so important for those senior athletes um but now we have Football and men's basketball back on campus, most of them. Obviously, like we hit on last podcast when all this kind of came out that they were going to start returning players, all voluntary. So not every player has to come back. If you didn't want to come back, you didn't have to. Um, So obviously great that they have that decision. But so we have most of football and most of men's basketball back. What does it mean right now? We were unsure if they were going to get to play at all this summer together. The big one for me, like, so like football, you know, they're all trained, they're doing their good thing. And you have so many guys and I'm pretty sure most of them are back. But my favorite thing that I've been seeing recently is that Adam Miller, Andre Cabello and Coleman Hawkins are on campus together. Three guys that have not played together at all. Two and a half. I give Coleman Hawkins a little bit more love than most people, but Miller and Cabello are going to come in next year and make a difference. So the fact that they get to play together right now with most of the other guys is huge. I think that, you know, it helps us immensely for the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure we're going to have a full season. Obviously that's very up in the air, just like everything else, but they get to start playing together relatively early considering what we thought before. So that's just, it's a great thing. Obviously same for football, just like building that team chemistry, getting the guys around each other. I think it puts both sports in a great position for their seasons. Well, I think just hitting on Curbelo, Miller and Hawkins, Judging by their social medias, they are all, like, so excited to be. Oh, yeah, they're all in. They're so excited to be on campus. I mean, they're with all the guys. Pretty sure the whole basketball team is back, um, if not most of them by now, um, you know, starting those workouts. Obviously not playing basketball yet, um, nothing like that, but starting their workouts together and just building a chemistry because they've all been so vocal and supportive about each other. But obviously coming together, meeting, probably living together, working out together, like that's a whole new thing. So I think starting that chemistry off really early and just getting those, getting them with guys like Trent DeMonte, just building 
you know, what we think is going to be a starting five, you know, with Trent, DeMonte, Curbelo, obviously depending on who else comes back. Um, but just building those relationships early and building them with coaches and training staff, whatever. I think it's really exciting. And stepping back as like before as a fan and everything, you know, before I came to Illinois, just being a fan, I think seeing your recruits and seeing your commits and your new guys, just so excited to literally just step on campus. Like they're not even playing basketball yet. Stepping on campus, living on campus, being around their teammates as a fan or even just as a sports fan in general, like that just makes you happy. And that's, that's when you know something is going in the right direction for Illinois basketball. Underwood is creating something that's really important and really special right now because you have guys so excited to just be together and hang out, work out. I think that's huge for the chemistry in the locker room. And I think that's what Brad Underwood always hits on is that it starts in the locker room. Like his great guys start in the locker room. It starts together. So I think, like you said, it's just exciting to see. And it's exciting to see because now we're looking forward to basketball season, even though it's months and months away, um, which we did see today, a little bracketology came out for 2021. So we're going to talk about it a little, way too early, but we're going to talk about it still. Um, Illinois listed as, what did I say, a ninth seed? Ninth seed, yeah, in the ninth South. seed in the South, playing LSU as an eight seed. Josh, what do you think? What do you think about okay. that? So going back a little bit to, you know, the summer and seeing the guys here, this emergence of social media, right? It has us excited. We've also seen that Kofi Coburn has been on campus for the past few weeks. We We've seen, and, I've seen that. And not only did he show us at first, he posts about it just about every day. Mm-hmm. Basketball fans, we think he's back. I'm, I'm just going to say, we think he's back. We don't know when he's going to announce it. I thought it was going to be last week, but we think he's back. So let's say that who is it, Joe Lenardi? He thinks the same as we do. He's seen, you know, obviously he's stalking Kofi Coburn, right? Because everyone just, you know, the world revolves around Illinois basketball. He probably thinks he's back. All right. So Io is waiting. You know, he's going through the draft process. He's still hearing from a bunch of teams. But if Kofi is back, we have to compare this team to how they played against Rutgers at Rutgers because we didn't have Io. Andres Felice and Andre Corbello, kind of interchangeable if you think about it, and then Ad Miller. Okay. We weren't great, but we're still good. We're respectable. So I think to give us a nine seed, not knowing who's coming back and just like pride to be led with our backcourt by freshmen is fair because, like I said, we don't know who's coming back. We haven't seen this team together, but it gives Illinois respect. So a nine seed right now in a way too early rankings, considering Illinois gets no love in these, I'm fine. Okay. I see. I like I like the relation to the Rutgers game. I'm not totally set just because it's a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. I think if you – so we're, we're going to assume that Kofi's back and Io's gone. I think yeah. that's like the typical assumption among everybody surrounding Illinois basketball right now. Io gone, Kofi back. Part of me wants to say like, yes, nine seed is fair because you don't know how the freshmen are going to pan out. You don't know how they're going to mesh without Io. Was Io what tied Illinois together or was it Kofi or was it just the team as a whole? Obviously we knew Io led, but can someone come in and sort of mimic that or can two people come together and sort of mimic that? We don't know yet. 
I, the other part of me wants to say they should be like a six or a seven. Maybe not a six, but a seven. So if you say a seven, that's what we are going to be this past year. Is this team with Miller and Carbello and then losing Io and Andres as good or better? If you put it like that, when you put it like that, I'd, that's where I go towards the nine again. Okay, but – and then here's another thing. How many times have we sophomore – have we seen sophomore big guys in the Big Ten take a huge jump, right? Mm-hmm. How many times have they gotten a lot better? I think it's pretty clear. I know we talked about this on one of our podcasts. Who would we rather have back, Kofi or Io? Kofi. Because we need the big guy. Mm-hmm. When, like I said, a nine seed is fine right now, but I, that's not what I expect. Like, if Io's gone and Kofi's here and Carbello and Miller do – you know, even close to what they're expected, we shouldn't be a nine seed. But yeah, we're getting we're getting somewhat some love. So yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate the nine seed. I think I don't think with this team, all things considered, we'd get anything higher than a seven, um, yeah. unless everyone just goes nuts and Trent Frazier goes nuts and Demonte Williams puts up ten a game. You know what I mean? And everything is just amazing and champagne. Um, but I think. One thing when I was we were reading through this before, Indiana six seed. Oh jeez, I don't know. That's a little fishy to me. Um, let's see. I don't understand where the love is coming from. They were not a tournament team last year. They weren't going to get in, right? At best, one of those playing teams. Maybe, yeah. And they they're returning their best player, which is cool. But what else? This is great for them, but also like. I don't see them jumping to a six seed after possibly not even making the tournament this well, year. Well, they're, they're returning their best player, and I'm pretty sure they have a five-star coming in, right? Don't they have the highest recruit in the Big Ten coming yeah. in, Indiana? I, I'm pretty sure they do. So in that case, you know what, if you want the history of Illinois basketball and someone with the last name Miller is your head coach, give them a six seed. I mean, if they progress the way they're supposed to, great for Indiana, but I still see Illinois being better than them next year. Are we talking about Jerome Hunter? Are we? Maybe. Either way, I just don't, I don't see Indiana as a six seed. That's just me. Um, I definitely don't either. No, I, I think that that's a reach. Let's, let's see what else we got in the big 10. Michigan state was a two seed. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can get I can get behind Michigan State's always gonna be always gonna be up there. Uh, they also have like the best coach in the country. Well yeah, exactly. I mean it's not not that much of a debate. Um let me go back. Yeah, Michigan State two in the south. Um east we have Ohio State as a four seed. Ohio State? Ohio State. With losing Wesson and not having a good recruiting class? Hmm. I mean, I guess you're expecting Liddell to, like, really break out. Yeah. Which I, is fair. Michigan, six. I, yep, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. Rutgers, seven. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Rutgers is just so, like, in between. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Iowa three. 
I'm, that's assuming Luca Garza, obviously. That that one I 100% understand. I can get behind that. I can get because they're that. returning everyone, right? And then the son, the who's what's his name? The guy that uh, sat, sat out last year, Bo Bohannon. Oh yeah, I'm. I don't. Yeah. 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 No, I could. I would. Yeah, I respect that. Purdue seven. No. No, that's just I don't know. Purdue higher than Illinois next year? No. I'm not I'm not no, I'm not working with that one. Um and then we got or Wisconsin Wisconsin two. Wisconsin a two seed. Are we missing something, Gabby? Like <laughs> are, are we just analyzing this like recruiting class and last year's play so terribly? Are we just so biased that we can't like understand? Are we just are are we horrible? Like to go back to one thing, Chris Kristen Lander, he's the point guard coming into Indiana. He's a five star. He's the best okay. recruit in the Big Ten. Yeah. With okay. Adam Miller second. And then Ohio State is so not Indi- the ninth highest recruit with Eugene Brown, who's a three star. So Indiana's that. banking on or the bracket the bracketology's banking on him what what refresh me on his name? Kristen Lander. Point guard. Yeah. yeah. We're banking on him just like carrying the whole team for sure. And then is it Trace is it Trace Jackson? Is that his name? The yeah, big guy. Trace Jackson so, Davis. So you're relying on Trace Jackson, you know, improving exponentially and Christian Lander coming in. These two carrying an Indiana team that struggled last year to a six seed. I don't know. I don't buy it. I'm checking out Wisconsin's recruits 2020. Ben Carlson is their highest-rated four-star. Yeah, he's a power forward, and they already have a power forward. Six nine two twenty—that's pretty good size. And then you, the rest are three stars, and obviously not to knock on three stars, but Wisconsin has a two. I mean, who are they returning? I mean, they lost Kobe King. Yeah. Who's by the way not going to Nebraska now? I don't know if you heard about that. No, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's not going to Nebraska, so he opened up back his recruitment. By the way, Ohio State's highest recruit is Eugene Brown, the third, who's a who's another three star, and they're losing Wesson. And what are they projected at a four seed? Ohio State, yeah. What? I just don't understand where these are coming from. Like, there's a chance that you and I are missing something here. But how is like Illinois a nine seed, but Ohio State off? What? <laughs> hmm. Maybe we are just too biased and we're too, too we just think Illinois, no, we're not biased. We're unbiased journalists. We just think that Illinois will be better than them. I, I mean, I honestly think that though, but also that's us relying on Illinois freshmen to come out and produce pretty well. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but we still have this awesome big guy. That's probably going to be a lottery pick next year, as well as a senior point guard in Trent Frazier. And then DeMonte coming back as our defensive stopper. Like, so how much, how much relies, or I guess it's not a ton, but how good do you think this Illinois team could be if Trent Frazier averages like mid double digit scoring? Um, if Carbello does what he's supposed to, Miller does close to what he's supposed to, Trent has a very good senior year, and Kofi does what he's supposed to. I mean, how can you not say a top five seed? How can we not say Big Ten contenders? Like, 
Adam Miller is supposed to be really good. Curbell is supposed to be really good. And Trent's always been, always has supposed to be good. And we did what we did last year with Trent in a slump. Like, yeah. I'd go as high as a two seed. Call me crazy. <laughs> We're like seven seed, just kidding, two seed. Two seed. <laughs> we lied. That was all fake. Well, so I'm still stuck on Wisconsin right now. I've yeah. been doing some Wisconsin research right now. You just can't find it? Nate Rovers was their highest scorer, okay? Their forward. Forward, right? He graduated. Oh. They had no one else in double-digit scoring. And they're – I mean, I, they, like, they have guys who – they have a lot of young guys, so I could – but a two? What are they – I don't understand their it. Their highest – they had a, the four-star forward, so he's going to take Rovers' spot. I mean, that's understandable, but – I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you had Nate Rubers score. He was – I, I'm just really – I'm struggling right now. Um, <laughs> so they won the – They were going to get the one seed in the Big Ten tournament. And if we yeah. beat Iowa, we were going to beat them in the Big Ten well, tournament. Micah Potter, he's not – no, he's young. No. There are other other big guys. I remember Micah Potter and Nate Rovers were their two guys. Yeah, they're two forwards, two big guys. They're, they're the two top scores, and they're both gone. So who's playing a joke on us with this bracket? Are you reading it right? <laughs> Wisconsin two. Can you see? Yeah, yeah, I see now. You see the number two? I saw the number two. I don't know. I bet Wisconsin doesn't get seated anything higher than a seven next season. Seven or eight. Seven or eight. All right, here's a question for you. If Iowa announces he's coming back, what's our preseason? Oh, my God. One seed. Give me the one seed overall. (laughs) If we have – okay, think about that. Io Kofi, Curbelo, DeMonte Frazier. And – Adam Miller. Well, I'm talking starting five. I was talking starting five. Then you have Adam Miller. You have Granderson. I oh my gosh, I'm not even thinking. Hutchison Granderson, BBC, Georgie, Coleman Hawkins. Who's gonna get who's gonna be good, by the way? Um and you're gonna tell me we wouldn't win the whole thing? Gabby, imagine those practices. (laughs) That'd be so because you both of your teams are going to be great. Okay, so realistically, I mean, the best teams in the country only play, what, seven, eight, maybe nine guys, right? Yeah, I would say eight. We have, we're going to have 10 or 11 guys fighting for playing time. Those practices, oh, my gosh. They're going to be crazy. I, but Io's not coming back, so we can't put this in our head. Okay, it's a what if. And one, it it's is. a what if. And two, a lot of people are speculating some he's going to come back. I – I can see that he could come back. I just think he's I think he's really invested in going to the next level. He I is. Think. He said he expects and wants to be in the NBA. Yeah, that would oh, be a super yeah. team. That would be, be too good of a team something would go wrong. Like I, I feel like we'd have our expectations so high and then we'd like lose to Florida on that first we get, uh, out the door. Yeah. We're all mad again. Like and then we're pissed. That would be such a fun team to cover though. That would be such yeah. a fun team. Wow. Yeah. As like it would be fun to just be in that stadium for that. Like 
why are all of Illinois' best teams coming during Corona time? Like, because Illinois sports are cursed. You know this. They are. You know yeah. this. I, I mean, now I'm just hyped for basketball season and what we still got. I think it was 130 something, 139 days until the college basketball season starts, and I'm hyped and I'm ready to go. Also, I did want to bring this up. We're on the topic of basketball, um, women's basketball, because obviously I'm always going to talk about them. Because Nancy Faye, your hero, I support. Um, I need to find the tweet because I forgot about this until we were talking about basketball. And so Ali and I is one of Nancy Faye's 2020 recruits. Um, she was named the girls basketball player of the year in Michigan. And she got second in the Mrs. Basketball. Miss Basketball. Right. She averaged 16.1 points a game, 5.2 rebounds a game. Her four years at East Lansing High School, her, their team record was 90 and 8. I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. for her to come. That's huge for Nancy Faye to get girls basketball player of the year in Michigan, any state. I don't care. That's huge. Why didn't she go to Michigan State if she goes to East Lansing High School? I don't know. Is Illinois just that attractive? I don't know. Maybe maybe Michigan State. I don't, I don't really know. I don't know the recruiting process with her. Um, but, I mean, that's huge. That's big for Nancy Faye, so I'm excited. Um, yeah, me too. I'm just happy and, for her. I'm happy for her more as a person than I am. Yeah. Well, and Josh Whitman in that press conference or the Zoom conference we did about a month ago, just regarding the whole summer plan. The plan is for women's basketball to come back early July. He has, yeah. We haven't gotten any more news on that, obviously, but that's the plan. So assuming that that happens, she'll be on campus in a couple weeks. And I think that's exciting. I think Kennedy Miles posted like a hype video on Twitter the other day or something. They've got me hyped up. Women's basketball has got me hyped up. I mean, I love football, but give me basketball season. Like, I'm ready to go. I agree. I'm more excited for basketball. Only 20% capacity under phase four with Pritzker. Like, yeah, I mean, I can be at the football games. That's you know. the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on. Sure. Obviously, Illinois and Josh Whitman haven't announced their plan for football games yet. But following phase four of J.B. Pritzker's plan, that's supposed to go into place Friday, right? Yes, Friday. Illinois, or stadiums like outdoor stadiums can have 20 percent of their capacity so for memorial stadium that'd be a little over 12,000 um because it seats a little over 60,000 so it'd be a little over 12,000 that's just I mean with no tailgating though I mean there's obviously a ton of restrictions you're supposed to wear your face mask when you're walking in when you're doing tickets obviously social distancing has to take place um all the typical requirements but I think it is great to see that looking at it now Illinois football if there's a season will have some fans obviously we knew this season wasn't going to be full capacity anyways I kind of expected no fans so to see this plan and obviously this isn't set in place or anything but to see that I think that's huge I think the biggest thing is tailgating because I mean every football like no matter how great your team is tailgating is such like an important part of just the experience. And that's not allowed now. So I think that'll be interesting to see how fans handle that one. So there's no tailgating, but like people can do stuff on their own, you know, like 
And the other thing is, obviously, the first email we got from Illinois surrounding all of this about coming back before they said, you know, we're coming back, hybrid, online and in-person, is they said they want to test us all, right? So let's say somehow we do get tested. All right, they test 35, 40,000 kids and we get the results back in an hour. We, I read about this, we might be able to go back and that might not, it might not be included in the 20% because if we go there and we all get tested, it's like technically we're under the University of Illinois, not the state of Illinois. So we could go back and this is all apparent, but we could. So maybe if, you know, the fans get to go and then we get 20%, hey, that's pretty cool. And yeah. I think that the players would care more about, you know, the actual students being there than yeah. the fans. That said, though, I mean, 20% cool. It's going to stay that way. Illinois doesn't fill up their stadium fully anyways. Who knows if that would have changed this year for like an Ohio State <laughs> or something like that. But they're playing. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty – unless something ridiculous happens in the next couple weeks to a month, I think college football is going to go ahead and go. And obviously things are going to be very subject to change if all of a sudden you have like crazy – number of outbreaks I mean that's the problem right now is you're seeing all these players report back to campus and you're having 15 20 guys test positive what we're not really hearing is are they sick or are they just testing positive because I mean it's very known that young younger people who have stronger immune systems aren't really feeling the symptoms very symptomatic they're not going to feel it not that that makes it better that they're testing positive but still I think that's important to know as well that you know it's I think even if a lot of them are testing positive, I think it's great that they're getting them in early. They're going to all quarantine and they're hopefully all going to be negative in about like two to three weeks. Everyone's going to come back negative if they're following what they should be following. Obviously you're never, and Josh Whitman said this, he's not going to like put super hard restrictions because they're adults. Like these players are like us, like you're not going to tell a college kid not to leave their dorm all day. You know what I mean? So I think, but you just have to be smart, and these players have to be smart. And I think it comes down to the type of person the player is. If they are dedicated to the team and dedicated to playing, they're going to be smarter about who they're hanging out with, what they're doing outside of football. So I think once you kind of clear everybody and you get everybody quarantined right away and you kind of keep it in small groups like they've been doing workout-wise, I think you're going to be able to keep it under control for now. Yeah, and – you know, Illinois obviously handled the coronavirus different than, say, a state like South Carolina. You know, Illinois was the only state actually federally qualified to move into phase three and four. And then, like I said, you look at South Carolina with Clemson, they have 28 cases on their football team. And obviously, that includes players and coaches. We don't know when they were tested, but, you know, like asthma, say, like a lot of athletes have asthma. Like that just doesn't not apply. Like, that still applies to athletes. They have these pre-existing conditions. So people are going to get sick and it matters. So go to campus, you know, quarantine for a couple of weeks, just stay with your buddies because, you know, then two weeks later, like we said, everyone's going to be fine. So, but as far as Illinois strictly goes, shout out to JB Pritzker. We were federally qualified to enter phase three and phase four and no one on Illinois has it that we've heard. So our team should be practicing or the team we cover, excuse me, should be should be practicing we don't know about these you know people in the south that open too early but they're gonna get it under control 
And yeah, even though I think- there's a huge wave in Texas and Arizona and Florida and the Carolinas and Tennessee and all that. Big so Ten's playing. Big, Big Ten. Ten's playing it. We're good. We're going. We're going. Okay. Big Ten is ready good to run it. Let's go. Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball, we're ready. We're saw, start, start basketball early. We're bored. Let's go. Let's keep. I saw a tweet. It was like largest increase and largest decrease in cases, and like green was the decrease, and every single Big Ten state was in the decrease, and it was like, damn, Big Ten states rallying. Like, yeah, we're, we said we will not not have sports. Like Big Ten, sports. Big, Big Ten states don't play with their sports. Like no. we're we're having sports. So I think I think. It'll be different. Obviously, it's going to be different for a while, but we're going to have it. They're going to play. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great time. Yep. But yeah, I mean, that just about wraps up our podcast for today. Any last thoughts, Josh? Anything? Anything? You're going on a boat today, right? You're going to go. Yeah, on- my, my buddy, I was at his house a couple months ago. His dad comes. He's like, Josh, come here. I'm like, all right, Mr. Snaddock, like, what's up? He shows me skis in a tube. He's like, we got a boat. And I'm like, oh, cool. So he's like, ready for some boat fun this summer. So it's going to be my second time going on the boat. He always gets his Jersey Mike's. We go on for about six hours. We two, we relax, we listen to country music. I'm in for a good day. You're in for a good day, Josh. I mean, when you guys tube, do you like, does he go pretty hard? Like you're flying off? Oh, yeah. Like the, I'm pretty sure the limit, like the speed limit is 25. Like, He's not going 25. He's going like 30, 31. He's trying to knock us off, but yeah. me and my buddy were pretty good. So yeah, it's a hot day here in Naperville, Illinois. Yeah. It's the gorgeous Naperville, Illinois. Lovely Naperville. Yeah. I mean. What are you doing today? What I'm doing today? Nothing much. This is my only day off of work this week. So I'm going to relax, probably Very take nice. a nap, watch some TV, maybe lay outside a bit. Probably not, actually, because I'm still sunburnt. Um, it'll be a good day. It'll be a good day. We're going to have a good day. Hopefully, you don't fly off the tube too much. Um, no, we're no, wishing you luck out there, Josh. We're wishing you luck. Thank you. This is the new team for a little bit. This is the new team for a little bit. You guys will be hearing from more of us this summer, so don't even worry. We'll be back. Thanks for listening.